0: Are you having trouble finding hand sanitizer? Well, Spa Treat has you covered. There's no need to go searching high and low. Just visit spatreatofficial.com and place your order on their easy-to-use website. On schedule delivery. One of the great things about this product, Spa Treat Fulfillment Team is working around the clock to provide people hand sanitizer during this time of need and get your order to you as quickly as possible, even faster than Amazon. Spa Treat also has the lowest price of any of its competitors. Spa Treat has 62% alcohol content and the FDA recommends between 60 to 80 for maximum protection. This one has 62 because it doesn't dry your hands out. I use this stuff every single day. It is fantastic. It's got certified organic extracts with the ingredients in that hand sanitizer that are of the highest quality and they're designed to leave your hands smelling and feeling fresh while protecting you at the same time. The best part, there's no tricky residue left over. None. None of that sticky stuff. Four cents available, unscented tea tree, lavender, and lemon. And best of all, this product right here is made in the good old United States of America. A lot of companies are having trouble dealing with the current demands, so Spa Treat has dedicated themselves to providing a much needed product in the time of crisis. Spa Treat has better prices, faster shipping, and a larger supply than any of their competition. There isn't even a close second. Visit spatreatofficial.com and enter promo code SPA SPA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. That's right. Not only are they offering the lowest price available, but they're also offering our listeners a discount. This promo code is exclusive to Voice America and only our listeners get this discount. Spa Treat and Voice America came together on this sponsorship in order to provide Americans something they could really need right now. Peace of mind. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and order yours today. That's SpaTreatOfficial.com and make sure you use the promo code SPA at checkout to receive Five percent off your entire order. spottreeofficial.com Get your awesome hand sanitizer. Mark one, Charlie. Mark
1: one, Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory
0: of relativity. We're still
1: seeing it quite well through that haze. E Thirty-seven seconds. E, e equals mc 13. And All men are created equal. <laughs> About the future
0: innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency. With your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure, it's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another wonderful episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're coming at you right here from our fantastic studio facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, and thank goodness it's October because my favorite time of year, October November, is just like March and April. Uh, we finally get some some reprieve, uh, cool down in the weather, which is always wonderful. So we're definitely excited about that. We got a great show for you guys today. You know, as we always talk about finding your frequency and you know how people do what they do and why they do what they do. We're gonna have a, another showstopper for you guys today as we talk a little bit about advertising technology, entrepreneurships, and. And of course, uh, a little startup. we got a great guest that we're going to talk about, so let's get right into it. We're going to talk to Hank Freekun. He's the CEO and co-founder of Source Digital. They're pioneering next generation advertising and commerce technology. Uh, they offer revolutionary technologies that's reinventing advertising by activating brands and commerce companies on content and publisher partners by integrating them into organic viewer engagement at any moment in the content. Super cool, you know. especially if you're a content creator, being able to monetize your content and connect with uh, you know, the brands that are advertising, uh, super important stuff. So for, uh, Hank, I want to welcome you to the show, man.
1: Hey, thank you, man, I appreciate it, appreciate it.
0: So, what an interesting uh, company Source Digital does. You guys have uh, uh, patents and all kinds of fun stuff, and I'm, I will love to get into that. But I want to, I want to. Uh I want to kind of stay true to what the show is about and then we can move into some more you know topic-based content as it relates to uh, you know the company that you're currently running what are you guys doing those types of things but you know people don't just become CEOs and uh, go grab patents Uh, you know you don't you don't wake up uh, when you're 17 years old and you know decide maybe that's what you're going to go do but you know so tell us that story about you know how did how did Hank find his frequency in life and in business and you know uh, I know you're an entrepreneur, and you do several startups. So, you know, uh, why do you do what you do?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> I uh, I get asked this question, like, oh, dude, what? what uh, where'd you get your MBA? What did you? Uh, where did you study your your PE degree? You know, in engineering, and <laughs> and, and 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 it's like uh, none. I uh, grew up on a farm, actually. <laughs> so right. I I, uh, I think that's where I. got it. Yeah. I mean, I, I always joke. I'm like, you know, I I think for any entrepreneur. Or anybody who wants to go into business the, the all major uh you know like ivy league schools should teach you know make everybody run a farm for one year right <laughs> and you will suddenly have uh your life thrust into focus of what business <laughs> is all about from business building to solving problems that you never even knew you Could solve or had to solve supply chain firsthand. Supply chain economics. (laughs) (laughs) You you learn about uh, you know and retail economics and strategies. So yeah, it was. I'd like to say I've been uh, born into this role from uh, from literally. So Uh,
0: yeah. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, some of your first companies that you that you did startups with and, you know, what were the driving factors behind that? Because I know a lot of uh, a lot of entrepreneurs that start businesses, you know, those businesses stem from a drawing on a napkin one night, having a conversation with a friend or, Mm -hmm. you know, wake up in the morning and go well, what if, what if we're able to, you know, do this, this, and this? And, uh, you know, I know that I have weird, crazy ideas all the time. And, and I think the difference between uh, a a standard person who has weird, crazy ideas all the time and an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur actually gets out there and does something about those ideas. So, um, right. Yeah. yeah. So what, what, what was the, what was the first startup stuff like for you?
1: Yeah. So it's, funny, like you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, you get into these scenarios where you're you're sitting there going, okay, you know, I have this amazing idea, right? And and everybody underestimates, you know, what the actual idea takes to get executed. And so you almost have to be able to really think right to left and say, okay, I want to be here, right? In order to get here, how many stages and layers, and you work all the way back to this original inception of, of like, the first thing you got to do right and if you always work like that i think you finally get there and, and when i um look at some of the things i thought you know like all entrepreneurs i i didn't actually get into tech right off the bat i got into some businesses like uh, events promotion or things where i thought it'd be just really cool to throw this amazing electronic music festival or i thought it'd be really cool to to, to, to launch, you know, some retail business. And I found out really quickly, you know, what, uh, what, what, what how bad you can get burned when you didn't go right to left. And then when, when I look at the successful, you know, tech lanes, I had a lot of great mentors within a, a company called Savvis. You know, I sort of got into that very early out of my, uh, you know, right in the early days of the internet in 1997, uh, 98 and grew with that company and it was just an amazing explosive opportunity to be able to see how when you have all cylinders firing uh, when you have a really good well-trained sales force and you have a really good well-trained um you know engineering team and a really good and you always had product team and you always have bumps but just how quickly you can scale in those in that environment um was always a, a really good lesson but I didn't understand at that time was how much capital it takes to have those well-oiled machines, right? And so <laughs> that's the other side of tech uh, that you know it's, it's hard for people to understand to say, okay, well, you know, how, why, does it, why do I need millions of dollars of investment? So then the second one I did, uh, that this one, I actually was a co-founder. You know, there was other journeys along the way, some consultancy stuff and things like that. But the second major tentpole in my life was a, a company, a compression company called Radiant Grid. And, you know, I was a co-founder there. And in that one, we bootstrapped the entire company. We had this mentality with my, my co-founder and I that we don't ever want to be beholden to investors. We don't want to raise a dime. We're gonna, We're going to do this the old fashioned way and, and mm-hmm. we did it. I, I have to say like, it was very successful. We got it profitable. We had a really great outcome. We sold it. Uh, the technology is still alive and well in the market. Um, but when I look back, it could have been bigger, right? It could have, we, we didn't take the risk. We did need that balance. And so I really feel like where we're at with Source in this third 10 poll, um, you know, we're in this position right now where we've we've been very you know fiscally conservative about making sure we took the money or have taken investments at times when we really need it um, that we're not over capitalizing, getting soft you know there's I believe in uh, staying hungry right <laughs> I think when you are uh, a little bit more hungry in life, you figure out how to Kill a little more efficiently.
0: Not to be too.
1: (laughs) No, no, that's funny. That's funny. That's funny you say that. No, that
0: that that's funny you say that. Hey, that that farm mentality. But you know, uh, uh, so many times when I've had meetings with you know sales executives and we and we're talking about sales, you know, uh, that's an analogy we use quite often. Like, hey, you know, um, if you're not hungry, you're not going to get up and hunt. And if you're not going to hunt, you're not going to kill. If you're not going to kill, you're not going to make commission. (laughs) Right. Right,
1: that's exactly it, man. That's exactly it, and you know, and so much of the, the 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 what happens is because you don't have that mentality, you find yourself in this position where you have uh, the tail wagging the dog, right? And 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 what I mean by that is you have a lot of times operations and engineering and processes which I know by you know diminishing their importance to the organization, but if you don't have that hunger on the front lines, you don't have that. You know, quest and thirst to really make make a revenue, get people to give. You know, it's like, how do I get somebody to give me a dollar, right, with this product or this invention, right? If you haven't thought at that level, then you really will. You know, you'll never get that thing, you know, into where it needs to be to get it to an exit. Because look, in tech, let's face it. I mean, for some, it's a lifestyle. For many of us, it's all about that exit, right? And that's why you. Uh, that's why you. You stay up. 16 to hours a day working nonstop that's why you sacrifice family time that's why you do what you do because of that 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 hope that you can have that big outcome
0: well you know and and i you know i totally agree with the whole risk versus reward and i and i I like how you you talked about how you did the you know the other business where you 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 took capital and you took investment into the business when you needed it, but, um, you didn't, you didn't, you know, go f- full fledged, uh, you know, funding, uh, trips around the world, <laughs> you know, the, the roadshow mm-hmm. as they call it, yeah. right. And in, in, in the yep. publicly traded sector and, uh, you know, being able to kind of, you know, take those, those easy steps that get you to where you want to go, but without giving up too much, uh, equity. Cause I know a lot of times in companies and, you know we we dealt with this early on in the Voice of America days there were you know just so many stakeholders uh you know th- that were at play and you know you had large boards of directors and you know it I think sometimes when you have uh, you know l- lack lack of a better term too many hands in the cookie jar um it makes it really hard hard to keep the coffer full uh, for profits
1: That's right you nailed it yep you totally nailed it so you know, and, and that's what I think, I think, I think, you know, the best advice I I I would say, you know, is, is and what helped me really was just this ability to look at, you know, how do I get somebody to give me a dollar for what I've made, right, if I can figure that out at the most fundamental, you know, level from like a greenfield standpoint, like I literally have created this product or this invention out of air. Of my brain, and then now I've got to make it into something that is marketable, that can be understood, that can be resonated. And we we actually are going through an exercise right now in our company where you know we we've, we've hit a mid stage growth, right? We're in revenue, we're we're doing well. We've got the wind at our sails. The conditions in the market are right. But you know, I'm watching our team build a little too much minutia around process, right? And 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 they're 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 getting focused on how process will solve execution and forgetting that people solve that for execution, right? The individual steps you take that fix the problem, you shouldn't not have process, you shouldn't not uh, invent process, but it's really hard to invent process uh, if you haven't done the process, right? And, and so all of the executives in the company, I always make them really try to feel the pain Of of having to be on the front lines or be in that position or take that hard question from the customer, and then through that you'd be amazed at how quickly uh, one of our head of engineering I just had a conversation with him this morning he's uh, he's uh, he's uh, believe it or not a firefighter right and I asked him I said you know you know how how many you know how when when you fought your first fire and in real life like and you had to do that what was the, uh, you know, how much of that firefighting was from training and how much of it did you all of a sudden go, I never was trained for this situation. (laughs) i (laughs) better figure this out really quickly. And he said, yeah, it's amazing when you get into the fire, literally what you have to figure out that just you, you did, you forgot, or you didn't know, or it just didn't come through in training, whatever it
0: was, you know? So it's, it's kind of like that. Yeah, no, I think it's really important for, uh, you know, uh, upper management or C-level executives, uh, they, they need to, they need to get in in the trenches every now and again, and you know take a customer service phone call, engage what's really going on in in the company that you're managing. I think that you know, all too often some of those folks sit at the top and they don't, you know, they, they don't really, you know, look at the inner workings. They're, they're like, oh, you know, we, you know, we created processes. We have good managers in place. People are, you know, doing what they need to do. You know, hey, I can step away, which is true to an extent. But, you know, I'll, I always love it hearing when, you know, a VP or a a C C-level person, you know, said, you know, we were doing some training and uh, I wanted to get on the phone and, and take some inbound customer service calls for our product or whatever the case may be uh before i had a meeting with the staff about their performance right because really understanding what they're doing on a daily basis is really important so that's a very 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 good point you know it's uh Something that I wish our uh, government would take into hand. Let's take a couple That's of senators. Very, very, let's take a couple yeah. of senators out and put them <laughs> Put put them at the farm for a couple of days, right? That's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's come make a press ops. Let's come and work for a little while here. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to pick beaches. Yeah. I mean, you you know, know, the news cycle's been so crazy lately, and you just hear people talking. I'm like... I'm just like I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, and um, this show is right. absolutely not about politics. But just in you know, uh, ob- observe observation for me, I'm just like, I, you know, I'm like we're, man, we're you guys are all out of touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like my my brother said it best. He said, uh, I said, you know, the, he's like, the, I said, why aren't there more people in the middle? He said, that's because the people in the middle are too busy working
0: their butts off. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I mean, isn't to... isn't that a, isn't that true? I mean, uh, isn't that true we are all I mean that you know you're 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 working your butt off 16 hours a day trying to build your company to get to your exit strategy and your plan and you know all those things and you know um, our company exists for a little bit different reason you know we're a a, a soapbox for people to have a voice and get their message out there that's non uh, uh, you know it's not not controlled by the FCC this company was started by a bunch of guys who worked in terrestrial radio and we were like man we don't. The FCC is inhibiting us. These towers are inhibiting us from, you know, getting the messages of our customers out to a larger audiences, and you know, thus Voice America was born back in uh, late right. uh, late 1998, and then online in 1999, and you know, it was kind of like, wow that's so cool that we were able to do this. Now we have the opportunity to hit a global scale of information and, you know, over the last 21 years have been extremely proud of building really cool content with really cool people all the time. And, you know, uh, for me, that's the joy of what we do here every day. And, you know, yeah, we get to make money and I feed my family and that's wonderful. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like we're we're solving problems and we're helping people and giving them information just like the show, right? It's like, right. You, know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a new entrepreneur hearing what you have to say is really important. Uh, hearing about uh, understanding that cash flow is King. Don't forget that. Uh, in your startup, uh, you know, is important <laughs> yeah. and, and not getting yourself underwater. So let's talk about what you guys are doing now. Um, you know, with source digital, of course, that's sure. totally my wheelhouse. I'm, a, a, I'm a technophile as I've dubbed myself several years ago. Um, so, you know, anything technology related, um, you know, I used to, I used to go to New York and go to ad tech, uh, We've broadcast live from ad tech several different years and of course also attend uh, NAB, National Association of Broadcasters events and been doing that for quite a number of years. And uh, uh, you know, we've done some cool stuff from the Advanced Advertising Pavilion in, in a communication mechanism uh, and interviewing people just like you about really cool technologies that are coming out. So um, I love to talk about uh, uh, technology uh, and of course kind of where you see the market space right now with what you guys are doing. So let's let's talk about what source digital is and you know what is your guys's core competency as far as uh, you know your 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 main wheelhouse
1: yeah it's it's funny where we started and where we ended up right and uh, and and so you know the where we started is you know a very simple concept and it started with my sister who literally is a costume designer. She's she's doing really well in the world, and you know, at that time, I think she was working on True Blood, and and you know, she kept saying, you know, Laura, you know, she's like, hey, Laura, I keep, you know, she kept showing me these emails, Laura, I, you know, I'm an oncologist, uh, you know, could you please tell me who made the pink hoodie that Sookie was wearing in episode X, season Y, right? And <laughs> yep. and so, you know, it became very obvious that there's an opportunity. You think about the level of friction. That someone has to go to to figure out the pink hoodie because it's not just like random like when she if she just got that email but when someone wants to know about like the, you know things on grudge match or they want to know more information what you know when you look at how video drives culture and how you know not just video but audio drives culture right mm-hmm. you start to realize it's much bigger than just, you know, just this opportunity to sell something right in a moment. And what I mean by that is you start to extract value from the things you hear, the things you watch in a way that are meaningful in your life or become what we call a form of cultural currency. They they literally are something you can trade with, right? Whether it's a, an enabler to you know, kind of help you get more information, so you have something cool to talk about at work the next day. Whether it's you know just for your own resources to know a cool location in a movie that you might want to take a trip to someday, or even like a lot more of these sort of short-form content, snackable. Like we have a customer, Motor Trend, uh, really amazing content, and it's just amazing to me like how good a job they do uh, for, you know, people that are enthusiasts in the automotive space yeah. and, you know, like that new, you know, Ford Bronco 2020, or 2021, that's coming out that you want to really see how you, you might like want to look at that in your life. Right. And the video is such a big piece of that story. So for us, we call it contextual commerce and contextual advertising because we're literally finding a relationship, uh, that you're there at a moment in your time, looking at something in video. That's a very pure state. It's not like social media, where maybe if that's a form of entertainment, you can manipulate the outcome, or I can push a you know bubble in front of you, uh, like you know maybe from your past, like an ex-girlfriend or something. Yeah, to you know, drive you to take an action. Yeah. A yeah. Bit more.
0: yeah,
1: right. Like it's it's way more pure than that. So from a brand's perspective, you know, like I can't change the lead character. On scene, you know, dynamically to look like your ex girlfriend, <laughs> it would ruin the storyline. <laughs> you know I mean? like, right. It ruins the dream.
0: as, as one of our well, investors it's, says it's so, it's it's I, really like and I, and I love yeah. where you're going with this too because you know story tech is is so important to me um, when 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 you're telling your story and. Um, Uh, I I like what you're where you're going to. I watched that documentary on Netflix kind of about, you know, how uh, how how the social media sites are able to push certain content in certain areas to get people to take certain actions. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that that I think it plays away from like the natural component or narrative of how the human mind really works, you know, going back to. Uh, you know, content that was created back in the 1950s that was audio based. It was like, you know, the shadow um, or the green Hornet or whatever those things, you know, people listen to that content because it really engaged with them and they, they had a great time and, and, and it was awesome. And if you're able to find a way to have advertising that doesn't interrupt that, you know, core component of the entertainment experience that that person is having, like that's, that that's next level. You're a genius. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's, it, 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 it
1: really has taken us into a time, and I think it's really relevant right now, where we are sitting here at a moment in our lives where our identity digitally is constantly under threat. And if we were able to take that power back a little bit more, and I'm not saying that video is the only way to do that. I'm just saying it's a really cool medium by which you can create that intersection. And so if we were able to take that power back in our lives, in a way that would suddenly um, let a brand have a very natural relationship, a very organic or meaningful relationship, that's gonna be a lot more of value to a brand. So even when you think about measuring, and you know, there's a term in advertising, we have impression-based strategies, we have engagement-based strategies, we have activation-based strategies, the action, that final action, which is the most important part, whether it's a lead gen, the purchase of something, having that intersection because somebody know found enjoyment at a moment in their video or in their audio that that's a you moment at that point and it's 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 a lot more meaningful to the brand i think and you know there's lots of rabbit hole stuff we can go down in terms of how you know in the threat of third-party advertising and third-party data relationships do you stay you know in check with your data and your identity but it's in a way that we really have to uh think a little bit more about like what what do you get? Like any good app on the market right now, any good uh, website, any good digital environment serves serves a purpose, right? It's it's a tool in your life, and I think if we can make make the video experience into a more pleasurable, a more meaningful, a more you know fundamental tool in your life to help you move through things. Then, then you will have that stronger relationship, and what that means for the brand and the content owners is that they get to have um, a really good relationship with you through that process. Yeah. Today, they have that. Not like you don't. You know, people are not doing this today. That's the good thing for this model. Every day, people watch, you know, something and and want to know a location. They want to figure out more of the storyline they want to know the character but as they're doing that they're working really hard and going to other mediums like google or amazon or you know friends to try to figure these things out so for the for the content owner and in a world that we've evolved to i always give everybody a little pop quiz i'm like you know what's the one thing from a brand and advertisers perspective that video does not have as compared to everything else that grew up on the internet? And the answer is that it can truly measure their audience relationship in real time. So whether you're Googling for something that dynamic relationship back and forth, whether you're uh, buying something in e-commerce that that's your intent and purchase that happen, whether you're on Facebook liking and favoriting something, right? But for video companies, this is a pre-internet technology, and we, as an industry, moved the format into the internet. We are still monetizing it for to a large degree with the same model that started out in
0: 1947, I think, <laughs> with the Belova watch commercial. Yeah, yeah. no, that's so, that's funny. So it's because because when, when I when I watch video content, that's the you know the same way that I feel too. And I work I work in a medium where we do live internet, talk radio, and podcast, and you know on demand. And I think that's why. You know specifically podcasting. You know, and we'll talk about video too. But I think specifically podcasting. That's why you know a lot of the ad dollars on podcasts are are not you know pre produced commercials like you and I grew up with listening to on you know AM or FM talk radio. You know there is some of mm-hmm. that, but I think a lot of the engagement has kind of shifted gears in that space too. And you have host read ads, right, where you know the host of the show is act- is talking about a product because they used it or they're endorsed. It because they like it, Um, and you know, yeah, they might be you know monetizing their their show in that manner, but I think it's a way better customer experience when you hear somebody who you're taking time out of your day to go listen to Uh, an example anybody listening to this show knows that I love Harry's razors and in the beginning Harry's was only like you know they were only advertising stuff online Um, they had stuff for podcasts and just the other day well I don't I don't go to the grocery store very often I'm a big fan of um, I order my stuff on the internet and park in a parking space and have them put it in the back of my truck but you know uh, so not often am I roaming the 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 grocery store but I actually went the other day because I had to just run in real quick grab something Um, I think my wife needed like brown sugar or something like that while she was cooking so it was like all right just go get the brown sugar but I noticed there was Harry's uh, razor blades in the regular razor department at my local Kroger grocery store and um, I was like wow that's really cool to see that they've grown from you know this grassroots kind of movement into something a little bit more mainstream and happy to see them in there um, because they advertised on our show for quite a while and. you know, I always used to always used to tell people, which I think engages with them, like, hey, I'm a bald guy. You know, who, who knows more about razors than a bald guy? Um, and so I think that type of engagement in an advertising medium um, is exactly what you're talking about. And I think podcast is doing it in that space. Uh, but on the video side, I mean, yeah, it is. It's such an old technology. And, you know, I don't I, I have never purchased anything or clicked on anything that came from a pre mid or post roll video ad. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> right. That's
1: the thing. I mean, you know? the click-through are are you know, they're they're they're. It's almost like I I would love to know the intersection of how many accidental. Uh, swipes you know are recorded right the unspoken data analytics on CPE or we, CPM, we talked about that know. We uh,
0: I uh, there was a gentleman that we talked about um, um, who, who runs a company called Ujuris, which is an advertising company mm-hmm. right and one of the things that they did which is the reason why I wanted to interview him is what caught his eye is they did a study on LinkedIn advertising um, and they were you know looking at the interactivity and they did a whole bunch of A-B testing on a bunch of stuff then they went wait a minute this data is weird you know so they started reaching out to LinkedIn like hey LinkedIn can you give us more details on this because you know in other spaces and other things that we do these types of AV tests convert at this rate and blah 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 blah. and we know you know how, how a lot of these are working in other places and yours is completely different right. you know and they got to the point where they're like you're not giving us enough information there's something going on where there's fake clicks either fake clicks are happening or a whole bunch of people are accidentally clicking on stuff and they came right. to that conclusion and he and they did a study on it reached out to LinkedIn and asked them for you know hey can you give us data on this because it would be really nice for us as marketers to understand this so we can make sure that you know we're spending our ad dollars wisely you know with our customers and uh, of course LinkedIn says we uh, it's proprietary information I can't give you that uh, but right, right but you know you know yeah. they, they they were able to identify that there's definitely some you know weird thing in in fake clicks or and they, and they weren't more they weren't even concerned that it was fake clicks they thought that they were accidental clicks and and, yeah, want, I think, and I wanting think to I- know yeah, often it is accidental. I mean, yeah. you're 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 moving too fast through an article. You swipe in the wrong the direction. The ad placement, you know, where like right. it's on yeah. social, especially you're like, right. the, the ad right. is a popover right underneath a button I always click. Right. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. So, so you know, again, that documentary you mentioned is a really interesting, re- you know, view uh, the social dilemma. Uh, you know, you'll you'll have to really start to question are you getting what you paid for right and and ultimately measuring that in cpas and it's early for us i mean we could we could totally have it wrong but i think we have it right and for us it's all about just really trying to find that intersection of value and in in and, and really engage and measure that and measure the actions and attribution fallout that happens when you have a relationship with a moment in video and it's not just that that moment a lot of things we know aren't gonna occur right then and there. You may mark a favorite location, not follow up on that for a year later. I mean, the average, I think, the best that anybody can understand that relationship is that it's up to two years from the time you engage with a, uh, or sorry, it's up to two years from the time you see something of a location and take action if you do take action on average. So tracking that attribution is super long tail, but that could have, immeasurable uh economic conditions associated with it ranging from how brands find value to tourism strategies all the way down to the tax credit that a a film
0: or a movie might argue (laughs) for in the future to the place that they made that blockbuster at so yeah no that's that that's that's a good point and also i think from a uh from a consumption experience for the consumer too if if you're able to shift that in a manner where you you're not dealing with pre mid and post roll advertising in that older you know way of, of of ad advertising i think that's great too how much, how much more content could a person consume right with having that better experience mm-hmm. and still being able to drive value for brands you know if you had the experience of being able to just binge watch stuff like you do on Netflix and then you know uh, uh, interactively mm-hmm. interactively mark things that you like throughout the way you know what i mean right right absolutely the replays become more
1: meaningful yeah. the, the 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 relationship of your data and you and it becomes better
0: You know, you can find things
1: faster. You know, there's a lot of value in
0: it. Yeah, we had early on back uh, when our company was called Motivox and we were an interactive media company along with (laughs) VoiceAmerica.com and doing, you know, internet talk radio and such, you know, we used to do some really cool things with a player that we created called the Motiview player. Um, It's not a product that's out there anymore. The technology has been bought and and I don't know who owns the patent at the moment, but um, you know, really cool things where we were able to, you know, shoot video and and so, you know, if I had a water bottle that was in the in the shot, or you know, my cell phone that's a Samsung, or you know, my Ray-Ban sunglasses that I'm wearing, like a little menu would pop up on the side of products that were partners with, uh, you know, what we were doing, and and those products would just pop up on the screen like as a slide out, not interrupting what you're watching. Um, but then, you know, those things that we had available to connect brands on that was inside as product placement were then available right. There for the end user, you know, later on to just be like, oh yeah, that, 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 those sunglasses were pretty cool. Let me click. And, and then it take them to Am- takes them to Amazon to buy it or the, the website or whatever the case may be. Um, obviously not Amazon then, but Amazon now. Um, uh, but you know, that type of experience, you know, to, to see where that's going to go in the future, I think is going to be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think so, man. I think so. And you know, there's always the literal relationship of, product to moment or you know i want the sunglasses or the consumption mentality but i just think there's just a ton of value in the information um you know for any reason you know and 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 it doesn't always have to be an endemic relationship like i want the sunglasses it could just be as something that inspires you and some brand finds value in that inspirational moment because it's you know in a way tied to to their lifestyle or the way that they want you to remember or think of that brand like you know obviously Red Bull you know has written a really great job of making you think of them when you think of extreme sports right and looking at that target it's not that you're sitting there watching somebody you know do like an amazing you know backflip off of a off their mountain bike or or rip some line on on when they're snowboarding down down the, the mountain but you know intersecting with the knowledge of that location and that mountain for me as a snowboarder would be huge and if red bull was able to bring me that moment i'll, I'll remember that <laughs> right right
0: that's part of my tag you know so no that's awesome that's 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 really cool and and key and very creative in how you guys are are designing those are you do you have stuff that's deployed now that's um that's working or is your product to market or are you guys still in you know we're we're still figuring out the nuances and building and and that kind of thing
1: no we're in market i mean you know you'll see us popping up uh here or there when you see a little overlay like in certain you know uh customer environments like for example right now um, if you're looking at articles on Motor Trend, you might find more information about the track, or maybe you'll find a cool diagnostics tool um, that uh, like fix that that helps you solve some problems in your car. Because of that endemic relationship, you might find your local dealership faster. Um, you know, we're doing some stuff uh, right now. A lot of like, uh, you know, look at some of the extras on 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 uh, NBC Universal's content on Voodoo. So you know, all along the way, we're 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 hiding out in areas, and we're a source of a lot of data. And uh, you know, we're not. You're not going to see us on the front lines like you see at TikTok or a Facebook or anything like that. We're we're really there to make make the experience better and and really kind of help the content owners and the and the and the the video and audio companies out there. You know, strive to 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 be able to create a value proposition. Right, because to, it's to not
0: it's not way. about you. No, it's you know, not. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. your your company's philosophy and Voice America are extremely similar, you know, like, you know, if if you go to our website in voiceamerica.com, the first thing you see is like check out our shows, you know, right. um, uh, right. you know, which yeah. is which is important, but at the same time, I mean, we also need customers. Um, and so, like the you know percentage of our website dedicated toward you know information for customer acquisition is you know like ninety nine to one. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know we don't and and just like you like I, we don't I, we don't I don't I don't run Facebook ads. We don't run you know you're you're not going to find us on a pre roll on YouTube. You know um you know the, those types as far as advertising our services just because that's not that's not who we are at our DNA right that's not uh, that's right. not how we found that we connect with our customers the best, you know, and so I think it's really important that, uh, you know, by people being able to stay true to that, that that's really cool. I think that's also important for small business too, you know, to stay connected in, in community with, you know, especially with COVID and all the small businesses that have been really having problems, um, you know, I think them being able to pivot and kind of leverage new technologies for local advertising and really you know bringing back a sense of community for people to reopen their stores and you know get people to come out of the house or provide new new experiences for them to experience a local location um you know maybe remotely um you know i think all of those things are are also you know coming coming to fruition and uh you know it's very interesting to see what people do in a time of crisis and some of the really cool, uh, creative, uh, solutions that come out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's next for you guys? Where do you, where do you, where do you go from here? Um, you know, we just keep building
1: We keep growing. We're looking for, you know, I'll put the call out there, you know, come, Find us at sourcedigital.net. Um, you know we're we're looking for um, you know brands that want to intersect with audience in this way. We're looking for content owners that want to you know um, find find other new ways to to energize and, and be of value to their audience while still earn some hard hard needed uh, badly needed uh, dollars on uh, specifically on CPAs. Um, you know so we're we're yeah we're just uh, we're just we're just out there. Working, we're you know continuing
0: to grow the company. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Well, I appreciate you being on the show for us today, and uh, you know, giving out your your story you so uh, about how you found your frequency. You know, if you had uh, just a couple of tips that you could give somebody who's in in a startup or in a, in a in the tech sector, or even not mm-hmm. in the tech sector, you know, what what kind of advice would you give them as far as you know, starting something now because I know that things are different now than they've, you know, were a year ago. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of remote working and those types of things. So what kind of tips would you give somebody who's uh, in the process of doing a startup as far as, uh, uh, you know, helping to springboard them uh, to to profitability in a faster manner? Yeah, I guess
1: I would think of a few things. One, for sure, um, you know, take your idea, No matter how broad or how narrow that idea is and really try to walk it back you know spend the time just writing out it's so easy to get enamored by how cool the thing could be that you have thought about right and walk it backwards to try to go figure out you know go right to left and think okay how do i even get these steps to accomplish lay out all the steps to get that thing off the ground and then think about all the steps you have to get accomplished um in order to do that because that's going to help you see what can you do what would be the minimum viable product we hear this term a lot mvp what would be the thing you could put out there and minimum viable product doesn't mean prototype does not mean uh, you know, the, the, the beta or the alpha, right? It's the thing to me. And, and maybe everybody has different opinions, but for me, it's the thing that you could actually put on the pro on the market that someone would give you a dollar for. I mean that metaphorically because what you may put out there may be part of an ecosystem. It may be an electronic currency strategy. It could be any number of ways, but at the end of the day, it's about getting, getting some revenue against it. Right. Um, that's, that's one advice. Now, the other advice is: do not get too lost in that, uh, because sometimes to see if you can swim or not, you've got to jump into the water. Like you won't know <laughs> until you get in there and what what you know what you will encounter. So don't be afraid of that either. Like to to figure out, you know, specifically if you are if you ever played sports and you found yourself maybe performing a little better when you were on defense when that pressure was against you that that's the other side of that coin is, you know, if you, if you analysis paralysis and you don't get out there um, and push, you know, you could lose your window. And I guess the last thing is cliche, but it is really, there's a lot in it is that you really uh, can, there's never like, like it's never acceptable to fail mentally. Like, you know, many of us have failed at moments, right? But you are really can't, you can lose a battle, but you've got to stay the course and you know you may have to retreat for a little time, but you kind of push back, and you you know take a few, and you keep pushing, and and so that uh, that constant like uh, you know focus on just progression and winning, and never never accepting a failure situation is is the is the number one characteristic probably most most entrepreneurs have in common that have been successful. Uh, I forget if it was the Beatles or something like that. Is like said, you know, you spend a lot of time playing in clubs before you can become an overnight success. You know.
0: Yeah, they, and with that analogy has been used on the show before, as it as it talks about with entrepreneurs, because you're you're right. They 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 work their butts off, you know, doing small gigs to be able to move up to where they were at. So uh, absolutely, you know, that's, that's absolutely. A great. Now you you were in the events promotion. Uh, you you know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I lost. The- Good amount of money in that net business. <laughs> you, you said uh, you know electronic dance music uh, uh, festivals. That's funny. I, when I was uh, when I was going to college, I helped pay my way through college by spinning a few house records at some parties. There you go. Yeah, me, so. I got I got, a, I got a pair of techniques myself. Still down
1: in the basement. You yeah, know, I every
0: once I, while I still do too, man. I I still actively play. I'm, I was actually talking to my wife, and I'm like. I think I'm going to start doing what everybody else is doing. I'm going to do like a Facebook live stream, like on like, <laughs> Saturday, like Saturday morning with the turntables yeah. and, you know, just, yep. you know, say what's up to people. And like, people are going to be like, I didn't even know that guy plays the turntables. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Those little chops. You know. There's you know. There's a little skill in that. Uh, oh, yeah. that you know.
1: The, yeah, the, like, the beat matching.
0: I gotta remind everybody that I used to be in in, in terrestrial radio. I had a, <laughs> I had a, I had a radio show that we had in from 1999 to I think it was 02 or 03 that was called literally sessions from the crate. Right. And that, and awesome. and that's what we did. We we pulled records. We mixed records. We you know uh, got on the microphone and you know hey that you're listening into this house track techno track we'd get you know whatever whatever national D- or international dj was coming through phoenix on that weekend to play at the club or you know mm-hmm. one of the one of the you know warehouse parties or whatever it was and we invite them to come play on the radio and they're like play on the radio we they play electronic music on the radio and i'm like yes we do that's great so yeah that's, right. <laughs> so, that's, yeah, right. that's awesome that's really cool. Well, I appreciate you spending the hour with Thank me. You. I think, I think we had a, a great discussion and, and, and anytime I can, anytime I can take notes and I can put, and I can write on my notes, risk versus reward company startups. Why did you start that company? Audio and video drives culture, startup technology, business leadership, right? Those are all notes that I Those wrote. Down, yeah. you know, and I'm yeah. like, Oh, well, we covered some really good nuggets. So I, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. And, um, I also want to give a shout out to, uh, to, uh, uh, to brent weaver from ugeris who we interviewed last week uh thank him for being on and talking about his story as well and of course hank thank you for being on finding your frequency today i enjoyed spending time with you uh you guys can uh find hank online i'm sure you're all over the socials medias uh and uh, uh and you can find out more information about what they do at source uh and thanks so much for joining us hank thank you so much Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Finding Your Frequency right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Thank you all for listening. If you're listening to this on your favorite uh, podcast application, I know there's like 7,000 of them now, uh, please make sure to like it, share it with your friends, give us five stars because it's way better than four, and Hank and I deserve it. We deserve five stars. Thank you guys for tuning in on Voice America. I'm Ryan Treasure, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Finding Your Frequency.